This podcast replay is brought to you by Walton Rayom. Call for a free consultation, 954-966-4646. At Walton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. Welton Rayom handles property damage claims due to a hurricane. Welton Rayom can help. 954-966-4646. All right, all right, all right. There he is. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? I'm doing well, doing well, yeah. Uh, getting some good rest now in the offseason. Uh, so uh, I like that. <laughs> I haven't seen all your articles, so I got to go by ignorance here. You haven't written any of that foolishness of Rabel for defensive coordinator, right? Um, I, I've had articles naming candidates, and then uh, I might leave a note like, all right, Mike Vrabel also was just fired, uh, but not like okay. not like giving him the whole name and then the big, uh, you know, whole rundown, sort of just mentioning, hey, you realize there's no like, shot at that ever happening, right? Like, no shot. Like, like there's so many reasons why. He would never take a defensive coordinator spot. He's going to get a job halfway through next year when they're firing people again like they do every year. His name will be number one, so he just has to wait. And next year he'll have a job. Why would he go backwards to defensive coordinator position? And what's he going to do, go to a team for a year? Because he's going to say, hey, guys, I want to be a head coach. And then here's the other thing. I love the people that talk about it for Miami. Yeah, so Mike McDaniel's going to hire a more successful coach than him. The guy he lost to last year. The guy that at any moment when things go wrong, the people above Mike McDaniel say, you know Mike Frabel's a better coach than this guy, right? Why don't we just fire Mike? And, and why don't we fire one Mike and hire the other Mike? You know, like there's so many reasons why – this would make no sense. It'll never happen. Plus, Mike Vrabel has no reason to go backwards whatsoever. He's being paid by Tennessee right now. He will be paid by Tennessee next year. And there will be a line going out the door for Mike Vrabel next year because right now there's a couple of owners going, you know, I'd rather have Mike Vrabel than the guy we have right now. So if things don't go well... I'm going to be eyeing Mike Vrabel here, and they probably told their GM that already as it is. So to me, the the silliest thing to to write, talk about, blog about, whatever, is Mike Vrabel. It's like what Alf just wrote now, which is hilarious. He goes, Miami should hire Vrabel for D.C., Sean McVay for QB coach, Andy Reid for O.C., and then bring back Shula to be the head coach. It, it's, you know, it's freaking awesome by Alf because that's – Basically, it's the same clownery. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know if that's a word, but to me, it's just silly talk, dude. Oh, do you, do you then get Bill Belichick as linebackers coach? Right. Like he was under Bill Parcells yeah. before defensive coordinator, like with Lawrence Taylor <laughs> with the 80s Giants. And all He'd be a great fit. He'd be the ideal candidate, right? Come on, uh, man. It does seem, yeah, from, especially from a pride standpoint, for, for both sides, really, uh, Mike Vrabel and Mike McDaniel. Vrabel just beat McDaniel in that December game on Monday Night Football. Uh, so it, it would have to really take a big uh, sort of like digestion of your own pride to then go and be under the, uh, a coach that you, you did beat head-to-head -head, uh, in, in a recent matchup. And then for, for Mike McDaniel, see, uh, I wouldn't want that either if, if I'm him. 
Uh, you see, like, like it's a little bit different with the Brandon Staley thing because he McDaniel at least sort of maybe humbled Staley in their last meeting uh, when he put up 36 points against the Chargers in his defense after there was one meeting where Staley got and, and Staley's a failed head coach where Vrabel is a successful head coach. So it's I was just looking it up, 54 difference. and 45 in his career in the regular season, and then he has two playoff wins uh, from one run of a few years back. So, yeah, and now I wouldn't say no chance either because then I, w- I was just thinking of uh, Dan Quinn uh, at, at, because he was hired uh, th- within this week. Uh, so then it got me thinking, wait, so uh, when he – uh, what and uh, and the Falcons parted ways. Was he then immediately defensive coordinator of the Cowboys? And he was. Uh, it was the very next year, twenty twenty one. Then uh, he goes and takes that job. Yeah, yeah, so, but he was he was a failed coach. I mean, it yeah. was going bad. No, no, he, no year, right. But then it went completely it down. Downhill. Yeah, it went downhill for several years straight, like three years straight. It got worse and worse and worse in his game management skills and all that. There was a lot of problems with Dan Quinn's teams as a head coach. And it went downhill, and he had to go back to being a head coach to kind of resurrect his career. This is different. Mike Vrabel did not fail. This is some stupid idea by the daughter of of uh, of Bud Adams that, you know, whatever. You know, and she wanted to fire him. But Mike Vrabel, I don't think anybody would say Mike Vrabel deserved to get fired. Anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You would put it on a zero percent chance. I'd put it at zero. Like no more than a five than a five percent chance. No, I'd no, no. I leave, leave a slight window open. No <laughs> window. Slight. No window. <laughs> None at all. He's not failed. It's if he was a failure as a head coach, then I would give you a higher, a way higher percentage. But a guy that is definitely head coach material. No way. That guy has to stay back and and get paid like a head coach next year from Tennessee because he's under contract and wait for a team yeah. to knock on his door because somebody's going to knock on Mike Vrabel's door next year. Yeah. I, I don't know get- if there was something different with Dan Quinn's contract situation when that occurred, so may, uh, that that could also have uh, something to do with it. So. Yeah, yeah, but but Dan was had to go back and kind of resurrect himself and then get back and get another head coaching job. And that's what, uh, by the way, that's what Raheem Morris is doing also. Raheem Morris was a failed head coach, had to go back to being a coordinator. Actually, I think he ended up becoming a position coach, then a defensive coordinator, and now he's back to getting another head coaching job just like Dan Quinn. Both guys had to kind of resurrect their careers after failed runs, unfortunately. I actually kind of forgot about Raheem Morris's first uh, stint as a head coach until I was uh, just researching all the places that all the different co- uh, coordinator candidates had, had gone. And, uh, I mean – you know, and, and Morse was like one of those, like like Vrabel almost, where it was all, it was just an outside, very outside shot. I mean, he's gonna he ends up becoming a head coach this cycle. But I was just doing my due diligence just in case, and then I I remembered, oh yeah, he was uh, previously a head coach uh, that that one time. So. I was uh, I was in the combine the year he got the job wow. uh, with the Bucks for being the head coach. Right, it was the Bucks, right? If I remember correctly, I, right? It was the Bucks, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. um and I was smoking cigars with a very prominent head coach that is still in the in the league right now, uh, and three other assistant coaches, like two scouts and like three agents. And so it was all of us. We were at uh, Nikki Blaine's, and we're all smoking and talking for like till two in the two like two in the morning, one thirty or something like that. 
and uh, and Raheem got the job, and most of those guys, including the head coach who knows him personally, they were so pumped for him, and they felt like he he is a, an up and coming star in this. And then, unfortunately, because he was young, and I and I see a lot of Mike McDaniel in the mistakes that McDaniel makes. Raheem kind of made those kind of mistakes too, where he thought he was he could get closer to the players. You know what I mean? Because he has that that vibrant personality. Raheem, I don't know if you've ever met Raheem, but he's got this amazing personality, electrifying personality. And uh, and maybe he was a little too young and green at that moment. But uh, there are people around the league that really like Raheem Morris as a coach. So it's going to be interesting to see if he learned his lesson from Tampa and then can can get it done. Because we have a guy that now we've seen, while you like his personality and you like – his offensive mind, there's no doubt, but there, there are some problems. There are some issues because he's a green coach and we're watching mistakes that are constantly made. And if he doesn't fix them, it goes by the way of Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris. Yeah. And, and I'm optimistic on McDaniel on that front. I, I feel like he's very aware of, of what his own shortcomings are. Uh, it's not like you ever catch him when you bring something up, and it's not like he that caught him by surprise or he wasn't already thinking about it more so is what I'm trying to say. And he's not so defiant. He's not defiant with you guys. Like, no, that that's not happening. That's right. not true. Doesn't get defensive that way. Right. Yeah. 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 Yes. So, yeah, he's aware of those things. And, and I think he does try to attack uh, any shortcomings, whether it's his own, whether it's that he can identify on his staff on his roster. He, he tries to attack those things. So it does leave me confident that um, whether it's uh, play calling and looking at himself uh, as a play caller, whether it's that he, I don't, I don't know if he'll necessarily give up play calling duties. I don't think he'll go that far, but uh, if it's just taking an introspective look at how he, he goes about those things and uh, makes the small tweaks and adjustments that are necessary, I have confidence in him to do that. Well, let's hope so. Uh, so let me ask you in the uh, in the bullshit department. <laughs> you know where I'm going. Well, you're asking the right guy then. <laughs> you, you know where I'm going. Oh, is this a uh, Javon Holland? Yeah, you believe in Javon Holland at all? <laughs> huh? I I'm not even sure he was putting that out there to really be taken seriously. I think he was pretty. Uh, it, it seemed like he was just very much joking about it. Like he was, everyone knows what he meant. And then he's just kind of like having fun with it at, at this point. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he was even laughing when it was first brought up, like, yeah, you know, and then he's just giving you this, uh, this uh, little bullshit, uh, anecdote on how he just happened to be kicking rocks outside at the same time that it happened. He had no idea. I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't even uh, saying that to be taken seriously, like if he was really denying it. But all right, all, just, all just own up to it, bro. Just say, hey, man, I'm having fun with it. He doesn't want to be here. Kick rocks. We love it exactly. here in Miami. That's it. Yeah. Roll with it, even baby. Tell, Come on. You can even tell the way – the way um, uh, at the end of that uh, answer with uh, with Josh Moser from uh, Channel Seven, and he he just uh, goes, "Oh, but I, I wish him the best, though," or, or whatever he said, and you could tell there was uh, like like a tone to it that uh, <laughs> he didn't necessarily truly wish him the best. Of course not, dude. I mean, give me a. I I I hope Javon Holland knows that none of us believe one. Well, most of us, at least, there are naive people out there 
But most of us don't believe one single word he was saying yesterday. <laughs> we know what he meant, and that's fine, dude. I have no, I have no problem. Listen, see, here's where I went against Jaws. Because when Jaws was saying, oh, well, you know, I heard down there that some of those guys weren't dedicated and the guys are complaining that, you know, they, they like to party. Uh, dude, uh, it's Jalen Ramsey and Javon Holland. Uh, no, sorry, buddy. <laughs> That's where I'm defending Javon Holland. He's not that dude either. He's not hanging out in South Beach. He's not the guy that's chasing ass all over the place and, you know, has uh, five baby mamas and all kinds of – no, no, that's not Javon Holland, bro. Javon Holland is all business, and he's as pro as it gets. And, by the way, so is Jalen Ramsey. So, to me, that's where I'm going to defend Holland against Jaws. But then at the same time, I'm going to say, Javon, come on, bro. Don't give me this bullshit. <laughs> you told him to kick rocks, and that's good. I got no problem with that. Yeah. And I answered a question from a, from a reader uh, about that exactly, those comments from Jaworski on our uh, Dolphins Q&A that, that I published uh, yesterday morning. And basically I said the same thing, We're, and we spoke about it as well. You look at the guys who uh, were saying something. We know publicly – Jalen Ramsey throughout the season, uh, he was open about that. He didn't like how he was used. Uh, he wanted to be used more, in fact. So he was he was really arguing the opposite, not that he needed to work less or needed more time to party or anything like that. Javon Holland was a captain uh, in year two as a professional. So that's not the guy that you question as far as his commitment, his work ethic, uh-huh. uh, you know. Yeah, sometimes he's like trolling us in the media and stuff, or like turns down interviews as far as like some like like other aspects of of being a professional athlete. But as far as his work ethic and uh, what he he gives you on the field, um, and just that dog factor that he has, uh, th- that's not where uh, where you question Javon Holland. And then Cam Smith with the unlocked emoji, and obviously he was buried on the depth chart in Fangio's doghouse all year. Maybe with him, just because we don't know, he was a rookie. Uh, and and maybe it didn't click very well with him in, in his first year as a professional right. working with Fangio, and we just really don't know what uh, what was really going on with him. But uh, yeah, th- that's maybe really the only one, and then maybe just a different uh, tone in the locker room, different setting, different coaching style could uh, could resonate with him uh, to get get him going as a professional. So. Uh, he was really the only one that you look at, and then maybe it was draw was Jaws hearing that from Fangio, who was taking one player, and maybe if it was Cam Smith, and then saying it uh, like if it like if it was the whole locker room or whole defensive side, sort of exaggerating the case, or uh, or was Fangio sort of uh, maybe like making generalizations about okay, oh well, th- those are young players, they're in Miami, all they wanted to do was party when he probably had no idea what they were doing in their own time, whether they were partying or going home to actually get some rest and watching film and studying and doing all this so they're ready for the next day. Um, so, or Jaworski just exaggerating the case on his end to, uh, to back right. up uh, his guy. So yeah, there's a lot of different things that could have gone on there. I'm going to go with the latter on that one. I'm going to go with Jaworski doesn't know jack shit because he doesn't know anybody down <laughs> here. He's full of crap. His old ass doesn't know anybody down it's here. It's Fangio's side. It's Fangio's side that he's – That's all. That's all. There. He's the yeah. Philly guy taking the Philly homer approach and protecting Fangio and the decision and all that. And and it's not, it's not like anybody's going to follow up and go chase Jaws. He's not important to the big picture in the process. So, yeah, it's – yeah, it is what it is. All right, so what do you got going on the Sun Sentinel so folks can check you out, my friend? 
Yeah, just uh, well, going into this weekend, uh, pretty open. So I'll just keep my eyes off for defensive coordinator updates. Something could happen this weekend. We know uh, interviews were going at least through today. So um, uh, and I'm seeing an update now on Twitter. They, Anthony Weaver, he's still in the mix uh, from a Baltimore reporter, uh, as John Harbaugh said in a press conference. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so a lot still going on on defensive coordinator. And then, uh, yeah, just – taking it from there, uh, depending on what happens. And then I still got some stories in the back pocket uh, that I haven't put out there since back when we had locker cleanout days. So defensive coordinator getting uh, reporting ways, uh, the whole search opening up that put everything else uh, that backed up everything. So um, I'll still have some stuff going uh, uh, later on and then some draft prep later in the off season. All right. Good stuff. Follow him on Twitter at David Ferronis underscore David as always. Thank you, my brother. We will catch up on uh, on uh, Tuesday, right? Yes, Tuesday. Yeah, or are we switching to Mondays now? Or is it Monday? Mondays, yes. We'll catch up on, on Monday, I think we'll it is. Mondays? Yes. All right. All right, my yes, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Thank you, you too. You got it. There you go. The great David Ferronis. That's right. Mondays and Thursdays he's going to be joining us now. And uh, don't forget Welton Rayom, bankruptcy, homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury, and I tell you this all the time, and I, I talked to Jeff yesterday. A couple of you called. One of you has a case. One of you didn't have a case. Uh, well, you had a case. The only thing is he got you to somebody that could help you, which was great. And I always tell you, you, maybe something happened to you a week ago, a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, and you don't know if you have a case or not. Well, you got to ask first. And the consultation is completely free, so pick up the phone, 954 966 4646. Call my guy Jeff Welt at Welton Rayom and explain your situation. And Jeff's going to say whether you have a case or you don't, or if he even can't help you, he's going to find somebody that can help you. 954 966 4646. Save it. You may not need it now, but you oh, unfortunately, you might need it a month from now, six months from now when hurricane season is here. You never know, folks. Welton Rayom, 954. 954- 966-4646. This has been another session of the Welton Rayom Miami Dolphins Report with David Veronis. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. They handle complex personal injury claims caused by the fault of another in both state and federal courts. They handle auto, trucking, motorcycle, slip and fall, and bicycle accidents. Call 954-966-4646. Welton Rayom can help. We're out here at Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines, baby. Yeah, I see Larry Schlossberg right there, baby. Customer appreciation sales event going on right now. Number one volume sales dealership in the United States. The 2024 Integra, $329 a month. The 2023 TLX, $399 a month. The RDX 2024, $459 a month. And the MDX, $2024, a month, folks. Come on down here. And you got to check out the fleet of certified pre-owned vehicles. I've got a bunch of them in front of me. They look like they're brand new, actually. Really is amazing. And uh, the ZDX, which is the uh, the all-new EV SUV that is coming out, which, by the way, has 500 horsepower. It is the most powerful SUV on the market for EVs. So come on out here. Check it out. You can already put in an order for it, folks. They've got the charging stations right here, right, right next, right next to uh, my man Sean. They've got charging stations all over the place. 
So uh, check it out. Come on down here to 15601 Pines Boulevard, just off of I-75 in Pines, and tell them that Big O sent you, and you tell them that they will take care of you. I'm telling you here at Craig Zins, Acura of Pembroke Pines. All right. Uh, what else do we have? Uh... Y'all know, as a Dolphins fan, we have this idea that McDaniel should be doing better, and yet he's done better than anyone in 25 years. Yeah, that see, that's a, a lazy way of thinking because you're comparing him to crap. And we want to get beyond crap. You understand? And you have to do better than what you had. Mario Cristobal, could he have won more games? Yeah. Could Mike McDaniel have won more games? Yeah, and that's the problem. So it, it, settling for what you have is not enough. It's just not. And you could have done better, and Mike McDaniel failed. And by the way, here's the other thing. Mike McDaniel has a way better team than anybody's had in the last 25 years, sir. Let's be honest now. They, he, nobody's even had a quarterback like two in the last 25 years for the Miami Dolphins. Nobody in the last 25 years has been able to run like the Miami Dolphins. You had the one year with Ricky Williams, one year with Lamar Smith, but this is even different. This is Mostert having success. This is a, a Chan having success. So it's not like one running back having success. You had success with multiple running backs on this team. At the same time, nobody's had this kind of balance in 25 years. There's a reason why Mike McDaniel did better, because the front office, nobody's had this front office the last 25 years, sir. See what I'm saying? I can spin all this stuff at you and, and go right against everything you just said right there and why what you said makes no sense. That's just a lazy way to t take it. Just like, oh, Mike McDaniel isn't doing it. Well, what do you mean? Oh, we, we had one of the top offenses. That doesn't mean shit to me. What happened to all the penalties? What happened to all the mistakes? What happened to the reason why you can't get a play in on time? You can't win a challenge. There's a lot of reasons why he's failing. And, and if you just look simplistic at the stats or the win column, and you just think, okay, that's success. Well, that's just lazy. It's a lot more to it. And he should have done better. Just like Mario Cristobal should have done better last year. He should have had easily one to two extra wins. And he failed. That's all. And Mike McDaniel, same thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, I have a case of beer. Which one can help me? I don't know what that means. Third one. <laughs> the third one. Uh, the commercial last night pretty much sums up the Miami Dolphins. What commercial was it? What, what commercial? The, the Paramount movie? commercial, I believe, is the one he's oh, referring the Tua, to. Tua. Throwing the the, yeah, the, the hook head. and then everything else. And then in the thing, um, Picard says. You're not ready for the moments. Moments, yep. Yes. 
Yes. And then they throw the football head-shaped kick. And, and Picard wasn't ready for the moment either. No. It happens. You know? That's how it goes. No. So, you know, that's uh, kind of good. And he's willing to have – it wasn't a good look for him because of that. Because that's how they write it. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's, everybody's going to look at that whole thing. It's and then like, use it as his yeah. career. And it's yeah. just, you just, know. <sighs> oh, and Marino's got a commercial. Yeah, with Messi. With Messi. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really thought, you know, I mean, it's kind of messed up that he, that he used his hands at the football. The football. Oh, yes. Yeah. Come on. Come on, Dan. Yeah. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Dan making that bank. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. He must have hired somebody for social media because I've never seen so many tweets from Dan Marino's account. Oh, yeah. It's like. <laughs> and, and Dan Marino didn't send one of those tweets. Exactly. <laughs> his lawyers, uh, somebody in his promotions, representative, somebody, somebody in the Dolphins, maybe somebody in the PR department. All right, Dan, give me your phone. Duck, 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 duck. <laughs> you know, that's it. Uh, or he said, uh, here's my password, and then they logged on and, and then just, yeah, set it up, and that's it. You know, it. Dan Marino has never sent a tweet in his life, okay? I can guarantee you that, all right? Not one time in his life has he ever sent a tweet. I wonder if he types with the Isotoner gloves on. You know he's got a whole bunch sitting back. Like you yeah. said to them when, yeah. <laughs> when he handed them out in the, on the thing, that was great. Yeah. By the way, I just, you know, I, I talked a little bit about it with friends, but let me, let me just I- enhance it on my own because Josh Moser, Josh Mo- uh, uh, Moser uh, yesterday got uh, Javon Holland. And he, uh, he asked him about the kick rocks situation on Instagram. Do we have the video? Because we're not going to get tagged because it's, uh, you have the audio? Okay, so here's uh, Moser. Hang, hang, uh, asking uh, Javon Holland about kicking rocks. Here you go. I've got to ask you about the uh, Vic Fangio video, kicking rocks. Uh, <laughs> tell us about that. Nah, man, you know, it just so happened that I had to po- I posted that right when the news came out that Vic got, got fired. I wasn't necessarily sure uh, that Vic got fired until after I posted the video. It just so happened that I picked up some random rocks, kicked them and filmed it, posted on Instagram. Everybody wants to call me the bad guy. I'm innocent. I, I, didn't do, I didn't do anything wrong. All I was doing was just posting a simple video. You know, it has an analogy, but the analogy had nothing to do with Vic. Um, I wish that brother the best. All right, so let's dissect this so I can, you know, uh, tell you exactly why Javon Holland is a complete bullshitter and a terrible one at that. First of all, Vic didn't get fired. So I already know where your mind's at. There was a mutual parting of ways, Javon. But we know he we know you want him fired because that's a Freudian slip on your ass. I don't know if anybody's talked about that, written about that, but you know. We see through the trees here. Okay? And so he didn't get fired. So that right there tells you Javon Holland is as guilty as it freaking gets. And by the way, why don't you tell us what the analogy has to do with what what what, what analogy is it? You know, come on, man. Oh, I just happened to be posting it right when Vic got fired. Well, Vic didn't get fired. (laughs) I mean, you got to be a sucker. And there's plenty of suckers in this world because I see them all the time. um, 
to believe anything that Javon Holland said at that moment. I'll believe Javon Holland in all kinds of other ways. I will trust Javon Holland in every other way possible. I am a huge Javon Holland fan. I wanted the Dolphins to draft Javon Holland. Uh, So I, I was a big Javon Holland fan coming out of the draft. So, you know, I got Javon Holland's back all the way on this. But I'm going to call bullshit when I see bullshit. And Javon, I'd rather you own it, dude, and say, hey, man, listen, I posted what I posted. I want to be here. Jalen Ramsey wants to be here. You know, there's a lot of people that, I, that want to be here. And if Vic doesn't want to be here, well, then so be it. Kick rocks. We move on. That's what that means. And, go, and that's it. And I love it. I have no problem. But Javon, come on, man. Okay? Those of us with a brain, those of us, I'm not an intelligent person, but I have at least just, you know, a modicum of intelligence, really, really small, small piece, just a, a tiny little piece of intelligence. I'm not intelligent, not very smart, but I have a, enough to know that's complete bullshit. <laughs> and Javon Allen, you're a liar. I've got a bridge in the Keys. Are you interested? It's a smaller bridge right next to Seven Mile. I can sell that one to you. Discounted price. Yeah, and we just improved it a little bit now, too. So you can come on out and buy it. Javon Holland. <laughs> that's some that's some bullshit, man. I wish the brother the best. Yeah, I wish the brother the best, yeah. Sure you do. I wish Fang's the best. No, I do that. Sure. Love it. Javon put his foot in his mouth big time. Wow, do, you, do these players even think before they talk? I, I think he's kind of knows that it's bullshit, and he's kind of telling us it's almost bullshit without telling us that it's bullshit, but it's complete bullshit. Oh, man. Not, not with Javon Holland's case, but the problem is you never know when you're going to end up on a team and Fangs be your coach. Right. You know, I mean, I get Fangs is near the end of his career and Holland's never leaving the Dolphins, but anybody else, it's like you can't speak real badly of him because then all of a sudden you're going to end up on that team. Yeah. Mark Smith says, the mutual parting of ways means the Finns were unhappy with Fangs but couldn't skip on the contract and Fangs wanted to be near mom in Philly, so they decided to make it not messy. Exactly. Fangs didn't want to be here. And the Dolphins, in the end, didn't really want him here. And that's it. You know? It's, it's the way it goes. But, you know, you, we know why you were kicking rocks, dude. Before I get back to the uh, Dolphins, uh, I want to I commend Michelle Kaufman. Did you see that? Well, you already have, and you have too, if you watch the show every day, because we've already talked about this. I've already ripped the organization for this. Uh, but it's now going uh, a little viral right now uh, with everything. Why? Here we go. Michelle Kaufman, an inter-Miami beat reporter for the Miami Herald, has proclaimed that it's a disservice to the fans. Wait till you hear it, Sean. That Lionel Messi does not speak to the media. 
I wonder who who was talking about that. Who who ripped into him really nice? Anyway, we did that last year. You know, this is like they're they're a year behind us. Anyway, the Argentine superstar previously joined Major League Soccer in July. While it has now been over six months since his arrival, Messi rarely conducts interviews with reporters. Kaufman was previously able to get a one-on-one interview with Messi back on August 17th. The brief discussion lasted just five minutes, and she was only one of three to four reporters to speak with the star since then. However, Messi has remained inaccessible to the media. It was previously revealed that Miami was essentially bending the rules by allowing Messi to remain silent. Under league guidelines, MLS players typically have to be available for post-game interviews. This, however, has not been the case for Messi nevertheless. The Athletic also reported that the superstar was far from the only player to not adhere to the rules. The reporter voiced her opinion regarding the issue during a recent appearance on a podcast. Uh, Kaufman spoke about a plethora of topics with the team. She spoke on the frustrations of the Messi situation for nearly eight minutes. The, the local media, uh, we have requested to have some time with Messi, to have a press conference, to have something because clearly he is one of the two biggest players in the world. He's playing on this team. I cover this team on a day-to-day basis, and I don't get to talk to the biggest star on the team. This does, this does not happen in any other country. The biggest stars in the NFL, even during the Super Bowl weeks, are talking to the media. In basketball during the NBA Finals, the top players talk to the media. Me- Messi just never has, and he clearly doesn't have to. We haven't even had a chance to get a quote from Luis Suarez, his best friend. That is Messi's best friend. We've heard from Luis Suarez on how it's going to be to play with his best friend. We need to hear from Messi. The clock is ticking. I'm waiting for that interview. I know the league, the team, and everyone has to do whatever Messi says, but it's a disservice to the fans that they never get the perspective on how the first season went so far. I think fans would like to know how he feels uh, his first season MLS went. So... But we talked about this last year that it was a joke. Brother, you talk to Marino every week. Tua, you go into the locker rooms. You're going to talk to Wade in every game. You're going to talk to Alonzo Mourning in every game. You're going to talk to Jimmy Butler in every game. You know, you get stars in practice. You get Jimmy Butler after practice. I mean, this is like, this is the norm, dude, in this, in this country. Stars talk. That's part of the marketing. And, and, and listen, like Marino, like Joe Montana, like trying to think of some of these guys that say absolutely freaking nothing. Yeah, most every quarterback. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Most every quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with most every quarterback. They don't say anything anyways. Like, have you ever heard a messy interview? I mean, those of you that can speak Spanish, it's a blah interview. He's nothing. But this is part of the whole, and this is the biggest star we have in the country. By far, by miles. This guy's way more popular than LeBron, way more popular than anyone in the NFL. Mahomes, you name it. He dwarfs Mahomes. LeBron and and Otani. And I'll give you Otani because he has at least way more international power than the other guys. Put all three together, they're still not messy. 
Kudos to Michelle. We've already, she's had that rant with me on my show. I've had that rant already. I did it last year. This is one of the things that I would have to say that this is one of the few Moss failures as of the last year and a half years since they've been able to turn this thing around and start heading in another direction after all the setbacks from before. Yes, sir. I, I don't, all right, I'm going to say this because is it an MLS thing? Is it an Inter Miami thing? Because we, Both. we've had experience with, with Inter Miami. No, oh, I know they're a disaster. And, and trying to get, you know, any regular players. <laughs> yes. We, 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 we were running onside. <laughs> Okay, I wasn't their, sure where we were their going. Their own, oh, I, you know no, me. No, no, I know, but I just didn't. Bro, I, I, didn't I, don't wanna, hold, I don't hold back. Yeah. I, you no, know, I know I, you don't, but I didn't know if we were, I didn't want to be throwing out Yeah, when dirty we were laundry. doing onside on Inter-Miami, you know, their, their media relations department is a fucking disaster, okay? Uh, those idiots wouldn't even give us players. They're, they're, I remember getting on the phone with, well, maybe we could like, give you a, a player a week. I, I'm, a player a week? You, you know we're the flagship station. She pissed me off so much, I didn't even bother to call her for a player a week. Do you know why I didn't do it? I'm the program director. So I'm only going to get a player a week, and then who do I give it to? And then what do I have? Then I have Dono telling me, yo, I didn't get the player. Or I have Toast telling me, I didn't get the player. Or I have Lemon City telling me I didn't get the player. And, and so am I supposed to like, and, and then if I get it, then they're, oh, so O's keeping it all to himself. So I said, I'm not winning with this. All this is is a headache. And by the way, you're giving me slap dick number 13 on the roster. So that's not even going to be much of a, of a draw as it is. So why am I going to create problems inside with my people and you don't even understand what you're doing. I mean, the, we were the flagship, supposedly, you know, station of Inter-Miami. They wouldn't put the station inside the stadium on their programs, on the internet, on, on Twitter. They wouldn't even tweet us out from their account that had a million followers. So, I, yes, this messy stuff is definitely an Inter-Miami thing. But the MLS has allowed them to get away with it because, you know. I almost feel like you're going to end up getting a, a documentary, another messy documentary, kind of going over all of. The bullshit <laughs> instead. Yeah. A, an unauthorized right. documentary yeah. Yeah. of it. Yes. I can see that happening more than you getting access to messy. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, it was a freaking disaster. You know what I mean? So it's just like they never understood what the hell we were trying to do. They were so lost, and they're still lost. You know, they just got money, and they're able to, you know, go buy a bunch of really good players and all that, and they're kind of trying to straighten things out. But behind the scenes, their media relations department, that shit's a disaster, dude. Absolute freaking disaster. It's so odd because it's one of the teams that, when you know, I've been in – All they care I've been about fortunate enough to be in almost, I believe, every sport so far, even hockey – with the scrums after the game, they're very open to the access, whereas they were very guarded. They were more guarded than the Dolphins. I yes. mean, yes. they're more guarded than the Dolphins, and the All- Dolphins are pretty guarded in, in, a, in an aspect. Like, you, as a fan, you won't care, and the most important thing for you, Moss does it. 
they spend the money on the players and the and the and the uh, and the uh, coaches and all and the facility. When it comes to everything else of the team, goes to shit. They don't even, they don't pay attention to the broadcast, and they still don't. By the way, because I know everybody that's involved in all of that. I, I hear the stories still to this day. I still hear the stories of what's going on behind the scenes. I think they're now in their fourth or fifth broadcast director. I was the first. Okay. And then, you know, they're like on their fifth person now. Once Tim Robbie told me he was leaving, and, and Gene, Gene once, once, Gene, once Gene left also, I, I knew it was all going to fall apart. You know, once I knew that the, they were the really, like, the people that I, I knew and trusted and I knew were exceptional employees like myself, once I knew that they were going, I was like, okay, this has gone to shit. This is going to shit. And eventually, it went to shit. So, even Bono talks to the... Well, but Bono is, you know, Bono is, uh, he's, uh, he's more of a, a human being, too, at the same time. He just doesn't look at himself like, I'm a superstar and I'm above you. Yeah. Nah. Uh, Big O, how about the Lakers? Uh, I, you know, why would I talk about that? But it's funny how you brought it up. And do I have this note here on the Lakers and all that, right? And then look what I have here. Don't say it, but you see what I have here? That it reminds me of it? So the Lakers last night beat um, the, uh, the Celtics, who've been balling, right? 114 to 105. AD. So no LeBum and no AD, right? And the Lakers go out. Austin Reeves has 32 points, shoots 7 of 10 from three-point range. They get it done without AD and LeBron. Tatum shoots 8 of 21 for 23 points. Brown shoots 4 of 12 for 8 points. Do you want to know what I thought of? You guys ready for this? Heat Memphis. Heat Memphis. It's a game that you cannot get up for because LeBron and AD are out, and you're like, dude, we're the Celtics. We've been coasting. We're killing everybody. Yeah, I can roll out of bed and beat these fools without, Le- without LeBron and, and AD. And then these fools came to play, and you didn't, and you lost to the bad team. And it's the same shit Heat Memphis. You're like, okay, this is the game to get good. It's a terrible team. Okay, let's take care of business. We lost to Memphis? It's like losing to the Wizards tonight, who have eight wins, right? They're not nine and 38, I'm sorry. Apologies, Washington. Yeah, I got to give them the win. It's the same shit. The Heat won their last game against the Kings. And now, you know, talk. Now, that was because Josh Richardson went off. It's really more about that than anything else. Let's not kid ourselves. But let's see how they handle it tonight. Are they professionals? Or do they say, bro, they got nine wins. We'll take. So that's what I saw last night. When I saw the Lakers lose to the Celtics, I was like, this is Heat Memphis. It's like you don't get up for it. You just don't take them serious. Oh, no LeBron, no AD, no problem. And there goes Austin Reeves, just like Rex Chapman against Michael Jordan and the Bulls. 
<laughs> so yeah, that's what uh that's what the Lakers brought me back to the Heat and Memphis. That's what it brought me back to. Okay. Uh, let's see. Leo made the league kiss his ring big time, bro. Big time. You you nailed that shit, Lewis. He told him, yeah, I'm going, but I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm not doing this, and I'm not doing this, and you're going to accept it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's it. That's all. Yes, sir. So, whatever Before you Before he could want. even finish with the demands, they're like, yes, 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 yes. yes. Cash cow, cash cow. And let me tell you, now he's injured, and you, you, know, you want to sign all these players, and now you want to play all over the world, and you're on this world tour in the preseason, and you are shipping your team around all over the world and playing all these games and tiring the shit out of them before you even get to the regular season. And you know that they go to all these places and they also have media also, you know, responsibilities and all that kind of sh- and sponsorship responsibilities. And you saw that whole dinner that they were at with uh, with uh, and, and the in Saudi Arabia and all that kind of crap. Brother, that's all time consuming. It's all mental. It's all wear and tear. Uh, it, it, see, it's funny. Inter Miami. They're gonna do. They're doing a lot of great things, and then they do a lot of stupid things. Okay, obvious stupid things, and this is one of them. See, in America, just so you know, in America we don't play our stars in the preseason. Where they practice, they get their wind in practice. You play them a couple of minutes in a preseason game. You keep them a little fine tuned. You don't worry about overplaying them. They don't go out in the 80th minute of a game or 75th minute like he did in one of them. Yeah, this is the problem. And why? Because you paid so much money for Messi. You now have to be a complete whore and sell yourself everywhere. And, and because you have to chase every dollar to try to even break even or make a profit, this is what you're doing to your team. And you're wearing out your team before you even started the season. And this is the reason why you couldn't have a playoff run because you wore out your team right when you got them going through the U.S. Open Cup and that other, whatever the hell that league thing is called. God, what the hell is that tournament between Mexico and the U.S. called? Whatever. And you, Yeah, the MLS and, and the Mexican League. The, um, you wore them out. And look what you're doing now. And he's already injured. He's in his mid-30s, dude. This is in this country. Our superstars talk to the media, not from Inter Miami. In this country, our superstars don't really play in the preseason. But for them, they they play their superstars in the preseason. Leagues Cup. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Like, come on, man. Let's go. Let's get smarter here. <sighs> Kudos to Heat for keeping Eric Reed around since day one. He's had others beside him like Dr. Jack, Coach Tony, and Crotty, but Eric has been the mainstay. The Moss brothers need to learn from the Heat. Well, everybody needs to learn from the Heat. They do things overall 
pretty much to a T, perfectly. Listening to this show made me like the Heat, so they are my East team unless they play the Lakers. There we go. Thank you, sir. Yeah, the Heat does good. Why would we be sorry? If I if I led him to the Dolphins or the Marlins, I would have to say I'm sorry because that's suffering. Yeah, but you suffer during the regular season. Yeah. The up and down play. When it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. Uh, all right. What? Now, I've been watching a lot of the, the game. But I saw this yesterday, and then uh, Ray Sosa just brought it up. He said, that was so weird seeing Messi come in the 85th minute when they were down by six goals in a preseason game. Is that just because they had to get him on the field because of the money that they got? And think about how stupid that is. He's been sitting the whole game. No, and he, put him yeah, that, that's why I heard. It, it, it's and, just the and things it has that, to be that, that he had to be on the field by the contract negotiations. I'm guessing horror. he had to be on the field at some point. Horror. Be <laughs> they waited to the last minute. This is just this is just a whore fest that they're on, dude. Inter Miami is just on a whore fest. That's it, dude. That's all it is, is man. It, is it Inter Miami or is it the? No, no, it is Inter Miami because they traded for the guy. No, yes, yes. And they signed the guy, and they play. They're paying so much money that they have to try to create every revenue stream possible. Dude, dude they created an exhibition night just to celebrate his Ballon de Oro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. With some cheesy-ass game <laughs> just so they can fill the stadium up, a whole bunch of people pay money, and it rained that night too on yeah. top of all of that, right? And by the way, I think they had like a, a, a stage that was kind of slippery for the rain and everything. I mean, it's like... You're in South Florida, expect the rain, whatever. That's why I've already, and, and I'm already ahead of the game again on this. What did I say last year? Yo, morons, put a roof on it. Mm-hmm. Put a roof on it. Put a roof on it. Put a roof on it. And they haven't put a roof on it. So, because I haven't heard anything. So, you're going to build that new stadium in South Florida. You play in the summer. You play when it rains a lot. The Marlins put a roof. Okay. Enter Miami, you want to be stupid like Buffalo? Oh, yeah, no, let's build a football stadium with no roof in Buffalo. You morons. You're going to build a stadium in Miami. When you play in the summer, build a roof. So there's a lot of, it's just, I don't get it, dude. I don't get it. Like, I'm not smart, dude. I don't really, I'm not a genius in any way, stretch, or form. But I have enough logic to know I'm not going to wear out my superstar in the preseason. I'm not bringing him out in the 85th minute. I'm not creating some stupid exhibition game because I need to whore it out. You know, if you're a billionaire, then suck it up, dude. You paid the money, take the loss. But the worst thing you do is burn him out, and then now you didn't have him for the playoffs last year, and look at now, he's already injured and the season hasn't started. So it just, to me, none of this makes any sense whatsoever. And building a a stadium in Miami when you play in the summer and it doesn't have a roof, and yet for two years now, no, four years now, you've been at this stadium, and how many rainouts, how many rain delays do you have? Like, do you not learn your lesson, bro? Do you not learn your lesson? 
It's truly amazing. Yes, sir. I almost feel like Apple TV is is dictating most of this, though. Could be. Because they have the biggest... But again, when you look at it, two games were also going to be on MLSsoccer.com. So... Yeah, I wonder. I mean, look. I know Moss wants to get in Inter Miami wants to. to get that money back as well. They have to. But I also feel like a lot of it's being dictated by, you know, Apple TV and Apple, and, Adidas. Yeah, MLS. There, there's so many other factors too that. But they all are saying play and play. No, and no, play. no. Definitely, yeah. Because it's, it's the story. It's the story of Motley Crue. Let me hear. It. So go watch. Motley Crue, have you seen Dirt yet, the the documentary? You should watch it. So there's a point where the road manager goes to the record executive, says, hey, man, these guys are completely out of control. There's drugs. They're all fucked up. The one guy's banging the other guy's girlfriend, and he doesn't know. And this all, and there's, there's all kinds of shit going on, right? And 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 right now they're, like, in the depths of, like a drug despair that's bad. So the 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 road manager, and I got to ruin this part for you if you watch it. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff. I really actually, I really enjoyed the documentary. It's really good. There's a, there's a lot of good, even though it was kind of out of order, but there is, there's still a lot of good nuggets in there. But this one nugget reminds me of yeah, this. But this has been out for a while, right? So yes. there's no spoiler. I mean, no, no, if you haven't not, seen it by now, you're... Right. It's like four years old. So the guy goes... We can't get them out on the road right now. If we get these guys out on the road, one of them will come back in a body bag. You know what the record executive said to him? I don't give a shit. I need the money. Get them out on the road. Apple, Adidas, MLS, Moss, I don't give a shit. I need the money. Get them out on the road. Okay? I'm just... Just telling you the way it is, man. Just telling you the way it is. Anyway, 